Welcome back to Let's Unpack That, your weekly podcast where this politically engaged queer millennial and his friends unpack topics at the top of our minds through the lens of anxiety, depression, social media breaks, and everything in between. Tonight's episode is a little bit different. It's our last regular edition episode of Let's Unpack That for a little while. We'll still be releasing a few amazing interviews on some really powerful topics, but this is the last time you'll have me, Kirk, Erica, and Andrew together for a little while. It's not that we don't love you. It's not that we don't care about you. Our listeners are the most important people in our world, right? Fuck family. Um, It's just that we need a little bit of a break, maybe a reset, maybe a little bit of a rebrand. When I launched this podcast in 2019, I didn't expect it to go this way. I didn't even have an active Instagram when I started this. I certainly wasn't posting infographics, encouraging people to vote, uh, driving around, protecting poll workers and coordinating interviews with so many amazing friends, colleagues and influencers. But This podcast started as a gateway for me to talk about my anxiety. And very quickly, my anxiety and my life became absorbed by politics. It was impossible to disconnect my brain from the news, the scandals, the headlines, and the drama. There was quite literally too much to unpack. So while this may seem like an odd time to take a break when the podcast and Instagram are at peak popularity, I think I need it. Um, And actually, I, I know I know I need it. Um, I've been planning this with my therapist for a little while, and I shared this with all of you on my Instagram on Christmas. Um, With that giant disclaimer out of the way, I want to thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for rating, subscribing, reviewing. I'm so thankful for all of you, especially the long-term listeners, TM. You've made this experience into something I never would have imagined when I bought my first set of microphones and a mixer, when I shifted to virtual podcasts during the spring, or when I shifted to politics after my infographics went viral. This has been the journey of a lifetime, and sometimes it feels exactly like that, that it's been a lifetime. So I hope that you can respect this break, go back and listen to the episodes you missed, and stay tuned for what's next. So for the final time this season, this two-year-long season, welcome back to Let's Unpack That. And as you know, I cannot do this alone. Because of her huge heart, endless humor, and pure devotion to this podcast and my Instagram, she's quickly become one of my best friends through 2019 and 2020. Say hello to Erica Ellis. Oh my God, I didn't think you were going to say something nice. (laughs) I'm so shocked. Oh my God. Okay, now you have to drag everyone else. (laughs) That's not the plan because I never thought this person, and I never thought I'd say this, but I'm so glad this person is back in my life, building a friendship that'll be so good it'll make up for lost time. Kirk Wilson, welcome back to Let's Unpack That. Oh, how kind. Thank you. And to this person who makes Let's, Let's Unpack That possible by combing through hours of audio and I think would prefer if I don't get emotional about how much I value him, <laughs> sound daddy Andrew Nagy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. This has honestly been one of the best parts of the past year for me. That's Aww. awesome. I mean, there's not much to top. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's be real. You guys win by default. <laughs> yeah, I literally did nothing else. <laughs> 
Um, well, that was weird. So let's get shitty again. Um, yeah. So on tonight's episode, today's episode, whenever you're listening to this, we're going to talk a little bit about the future of this podcast. Um, and we're also going to do that, of course, with covering headlines, too. Um, and after that, we'll just release a couple special edition episodes while we kind of figure out what the next step of this are. Um, luckily, a few of us have been able to get scheduled for our vaccinations. Um, we're also committing to a two-week quarantine, and um, we're actually going to get together and celebrate Kirk's birthday and probably talk a little bit about what is next for the podcast. And I am sure that we will record during that time as well, because it would be stupid not to. Um, so while we responsibly get together um, and safely get together, um, we want you all to know that uh, we will be thinking of you and that we will, we will be designing a new version of this podcast that probably works a little bit better for what we want. Um, Cause we've stumbled through this and it's been an absolute blast. Um, but headlines are first, the future of the podcast is next. And then we'll close out with our final action items. This episode of Let's Unpack That is brought to you by Modern Botanical. And if you follow me on Instagram, you already know exactly what I'm talking about. Modern Botanical creates handcrafted maple planters and ships them with sustainable plants that thrive beautifully in water. And if you're new to growing plants in water like I am, Modern Botanical has the perfect way to display plants throughout your house. I just bought the Coconina Planter set and I am absolutely obsessed, um, especially because I'm so used to killing my plants. Um, but Modern Botanical makes it easy. They hang on your wall in one minute or less. They're handcrafted in California, and they partner with sustainable loggers who pay employees a fair wage so you know you are buying as responsibly and ethically as possible. Unlike other online propagation frame and sellers, Modern Botanical grows and sells their own plants that grow in water to ensure the highest quality and to ensure that they fit seamlessly within the frames that they build. They guarantee plants arrive in a happy, healthy condition or they'll replace them for free. And right now, as a listener of Let's Unpack That, you can save 20% and get free shipping with the promo code ITSPAUL20. Just head to modernbotanical.shop to get started and see all of the different products that they have to offer. That's promo code ITSPAUL20 and modernbotanical.shop. If you get it, if you like it, let me know. Send me a picture. I would love to see it, and I would love to reshare it on social media. Thanks so much, and take care. Kirk, I know you have a headline that yeah. you wanted to surprise us with. I think I just well, basically I texted them all today saying that because um, we we usually we always do headlines, right? But it's usually like supposed to be a smaller part of the um, episodes, and th- sometimes it takes up an hour. But with this episode mainly being headlines, I was like, let's all share our headlines before, so we don't have the same headlines because sometimes that happens. And then I realized what I wanted my headline to be, and I didn't want to send it to them, so I said I'll be sharing it with them on here. Actually, I did send this to them earlier, not related to headlines. And I wasn't going to use this one, but I want to because I think when we come back with a rebrand, we probably won't talk about this person at all. I'm hoping. So I wanted to bring him into our final episode because he deserves one last glimpse of fame Um, hopefully when we do talk about him again when we come back it'll be because he's in jail but um, (laughs) that's the only reason we're gonna be talking about him but i wanted to bring it up and basically this is a buzzfeed news um headline that came out today saying home alone 2 actor donald trump resigned from the screen actors guild in the pettiest letter 
And this is true. This is a very real letter. I want to read. Part. Wait, wait, that le- I was recording another podcast while we were doing this. That was real. Yes, this is real. <laughs> I'm going to read the full letter. It's not that long because now Paul needs to hear it. And you all need to hear it. But oh Donald Trump God. literally sent this to the Screen Actors Guild because I guess they had been there was either threats or petitions or whatever to, to get him out because I guess he's a SAG in the SAG union. I don't really know why, but because he's an actor, I guess. So anytime you appear, just. Quick, yes, true. Yeah. Quick, quick backstory. Anytime you appear, you have to be part of SAG. It's the union rules. He appeared in major motion pictures and major right. TV shows. He has to be a member. Right. OK, so I'm going to read you his, his letter because it is literally not real, but it is real. I write to you today regarding the so-called disciplinary committee hearing aimed at revoking my union membership. Who cares? Exclamation point. While I'm not very familiar with your work, I'm very proud of my work on movies such as Home Alone 2, Zoolander, and Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, and television shows including The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Saturday Night Live, and of course, one of the most successful shows in television history, The Apprentice, to name just a few. Okay, I've also- okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the no this is the best part i also greatly helped the cable news television business said to be a dying platform with not much time left until i got involved into politics and created thousands of jobs at networks such as msdnc and fake news cnn among many others which brings me to your blatant attempt at free media attention to distract from your dismal record as a union. Your organization has done little for its members and nothing for me besides collecting dues and promoting dangerous un-American policies and ideas as evident by your massive unemployment rates and lawsuits from celebrated actors who even recorded a video asking why isn't their union fighting for me? These, however, are policy failures. Your disciplinary failures are even more egregious. I no longer wish to be associated with your union. As such, this letter is to inform you of my immediate resignation from SAG-AFTRA. You have done nothing for me donald j trump you can't fire me i quit (laughs) this is incredible like i said i want donald j trump to write every breakup text i ever said you've done nothing for me who cares he opens up saying who cares I love the part where he says, I don't know what you've done in your life, but here's my accomplishments. Yeah, like, like what? It's so a union. fucking shady. Like, this isn't, this isn't to a person. This is to a full union of people. And and it's the SAG union. Literally every single great actor on... Yeah, anyone. It, just everybody. The MSDNC, I think, is incredible. Yeah. So, what's my favorite is he mentions all these movies that he, and shows that he was a part of. He was on a episode for 30 seconds of Fresh Prince Fresh of Prince. Bel-Air where Miss Ashley B- Banks was like, fuck Donald Trump. She literally said, thank you for ruining my life. Is what she said yes, she did. on that episode. Home Alone was like a 10 second cameo. It's never a positive thing. I don't think any of these like appearances are like positive. Like, like Home him. Alone is probably the most positive right, only because it's the most neutral. Like yeah. he just literally says, oh, you just have to go over there and then walks away. He just he's be, he's a representation of New York City. But uh, it, they did say that in a very succinct statement from the union in response to Trump's letter, SAG-AFTRA simply said, thank you. That was their response. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Who gives a shit? Meanwhile, he's currently being um, he's worrying about this shit, but like not actually the fact that he's currently um, going through impeachment. Is he talking about the massive unemployment rate in, in Hollywood right now because of because COVID? you can't work? Probably, yeah. <laughs> like that's. I mean, I don't know what else it would be. He he caused the 
like unemployment rate in Hollywood. <laughs> and also Hollywood is like the only place minus like what the uh, NFL or the, the NBA, like that has found a way to safely fucking exist right yeah, now. Yeah. And there are, I was going to say there are, they are, they have been filming some things, Yeah, but yeah. still if any, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not in the industry, but because of my job working as a video producer, I pay very close attention to the industry. And also, yeah. I just love film in general. The film and TV industry was one of the first things to get back to work before professional sports, before yes. restaurants. All summer, all summer, most most productions yeah. opened all summer. I, they kind of closed again, but I have a friend yeah. that writes that writes for a TV show on CBS and like, she's a writer, but she can't, she stays home, but like they, they, they found a way to shoot the actual content. So that is true. It's like, they got hit, but barely, I don't know. The number one comment on the Lincoln project Instagram is I think he cares. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Also, who cares with the exclamation mark? Not even a question mark. I have just some level of confusion around that. <laughs> like, it's not grammatically correct. I just think I like this is a, I want this letter framed. Also, I just like um, Erica brought it up, but it, he signs it for anyone who wants to go read it. He signs it with his typical um, signature, which is just so ridiculous. It's it's the, it's the scariest signature ever. Like, I don't even know what Hitler's signature was, but this is scarier than Hitler's signature. His signature is literally anal. <laughs> anal. anal. It looks like it's just anal. My God. It is insane. I just. What a great he, headline, Kirk. And dear God. I but just, you know that he did this because he, he wrote this letter. So this would happen. So they would write about it. Right. Because he's trying to find a way to get into the news again. And to distract from everything else that's going around him, I guess. Right. But, right. So now he's attacking Hollywood before they can come for him because now he's like, I don't want to be a part of Hollywood because they don't want any part of him. No. Like, no, he wasn't going to get another gig ever again at a reputable production agency no, like, yeah. or any or studio. Oh my God. <laughs> and after yeah. all of his talk about, like, you know, Hollywood being you know, the enemy, like the whole right <laughs> yeah. talks about how Hollywood is degenerates and the enemy yeah. and the news. Well, that's QAnon. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's anti-Semitism, blah, 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 right. blah. But like, why would he even, he wouldn't be able to go back to that industry. No, none of his kids will. They won't at all. That's why I think they're doing this whole thing of, we're going to see it a lot. I feel of them shunning people before he, that can be shunned. And that's what this was. Yeah. It's Dear hilarious. God. Right, who's next? Andrew, what's your headline? <laughs> okay, so there's not one single headline because it's literally all over the place right now, but it's Marjorie Taylor Greene, no. our favorite girl. So uh, strap in because this is this is long and we can't even get to all of it. Like there is so much. So she is a brand new politician. She has no background in poli poli uh, being a politician, no background in politics at all um, before this. Um, she ran in the 14th district of Georgia, but she has never lived there. She hasn't lived anywhere close to there. She's literally a carpetbagger. She I moved, didn't know that. She moved to the 14th district, which is, by the way, one of the poorest districts in Georgia. She, a multimillionaire, moved there just so she could get in on that race and win because it was going to be the easiest race for her to win and get, to get into Washington. Um, and I don't think there was a lot of focus 
on her in that race and and what she said before in her life or what she did before in her life because i think there was like nine other candidates so like oh wow the attention was spread pretty thin which is why i don't think we really heard about her before her antics over the last couple of weeks yeah it was really Uh, i feel like right before she got elected was when people started talking about her but our our girl marjorie has been very busy over the last couple of years so an abbreviated list of her transgressions. So first off, she's she's against abortion, of course, which is not surprising. But she said, and I quote, that the Democrats want to kill babies up to birth and maybe even after. So there's there's some wild conspiracy th- shit already starting to crop up. She is super into the Second Amendment, which, you know, OK, if you're a two way supporter or you own guns, that's cool, whatever. But. In every single campaign ad, all the videos she's in, she puts out, she's carrying guns and not just like, hey, I have a pistol, like what's her face, fucking Lauren Boebert, whatever. Not like that. Like there's like one campaign ad where she's in the back of a pickup truck with a light machine gun mounted in the back of the fucking pickup truck and she's shooting out of the back of pickup truck. Um, and all of that like cascades down her, her second amendment, like, like fervor. It's like her identity. Like that's right, there's right. no other identity to her that I can discern other than she just wants to have guns and shoot shit. And it's funded by the NRA, which I looked into. Yeah. Yes, of course. So going along with that, she, um, denies most mass shootings in America. She doesn't think it's a problem. Um, and especially school shootings. So she's, she thinks like um, the Las Vegas massacre was some kind of false flag. She thinks that Parkland didn't happen, that it was some kind of, of either like a deep fake thing or it was another false flag event. Um, and that just means that it was the government who did it to further some kind of political means. In this case, taking away her guns that she loves so dearly um and there's video of her i think it's in 2018 following david hogg around in dc so david hogg is one of the parkland survivors he went to dc with a group of other kids um and they are children at this point um to speak in dc about what happened and about you know uh, a movement to um not curb gun rights, but have sensible gun control. Um, and she's just following him around for an extended period of time, screaming and haranguing him about how it was a false flag. And why does he want to take their guns away? And why is he doing this? And they never respond. I mean, they are the bigger people in this scenario. She's but, saying, why can't I get a meeting? Was, why can't yeah, I get a meeting? Was yeah. this before she was in politics? All of this is before she was in politics. So she was just like nobody. Like She was literally, just a crazy literally, woman. Literally no one. She had no political history she just for some reason went to washington i guess because she knew this event was happening or they were going to be there just to find him and harass him which is what she did so she went all the way from georgia to dc which i guess isn't super far but she made that effort to get there and to do this um and so she she's complaining that her right to own a gun is going to be taken away which no one wants to do but she's saying that her right is going to be taken away while talking to a child who almost had his rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness taken away. And his classmates and friends had those rights taken away. And many other people in this country have had those rights taken right. away. From them. Okay. And she was put on the fucking 
House Education Committee. I just have to throw that in there. And we're only halfway through this list I wrote. She's a 9-11 truther, of course. This is where we get into the conspiracy. That's like the least of issues with her, to be quite honest. <laughs> I know. Like, not that I am one, but like that's like my least issue with her. Because <laughs> yeah, you've been around for a little while. Well, this just, this just kicks off the conspiracy theory section. Ugh. Um. She believes the Clintons. She said that the Clintons have kill, killed JFK Jr. I don't know why. I don't know that conspiracy, but she's yeah. my uh, brother believes that too. I think that's a QAnon thing. I think yeah. that's a QAnon one. Yeah. And of course, she believes QAnon hook, line, and sinker. A a theory that it has disproven itself over and over and over again. It's it's some big troller hoax. It's just there's literally no logic to it, and she fully believes it. Again, she's on the House Education Board. Oh, and Jewish space lasers. Okay, can you explain the Jewish space lasers? Because I, I, I admit I am perplexed. Okay, well, we'll 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 come back to that a little bit. So, it's just like the phrase "Jewish space lasers," it's, it's the best thing. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, <sighs> she has also repeatedly called for or indicated her support for killing Democrats and talks about Democrats as, as if they're some kind of inhuman aggressor. Um, she said at a rally in 2018, there's a video of this, um, that the punishment for treason is death, which, yes, okay. So she said that, and then she quickly followed it up by saying, Nancy Pelosi has committed treason. So what do you think the people around her are going to take away from those two statements? Nancy Pelosi deserves death. Yeah, she liked 100%. To, she liked to, that fucking tweet where it yeah, said that. She, she posted that photo with the her holding a gun, right? And there's like, is that on yeah. your list coming oh, up? There's that her? one too. Yeah, there's that photo. Um, she's also in another video where she's standing with a rifle and she says... You know, Antifa should not come to northern Georgia. And then she racks the slide on the rifle loading around. What would you infer from that footage? She liked a Facebook post calling for Nancy Pelosi to be removed from office with a bullet to her head. So the, oh post, the post said, you know, the quickest way to remove Nancy Pelosi is a bullet to the head. She liked that post. And then she had made a post on Facebook about the Iran deal. And somebody commented and said, now do we get to hang them, meaning H&O, meaning Hillary and Obama? And she responded, stage is being set. Players are being put in place. We must be patient. This must be done perfectly or liberal judges would let them off. She, that's, that's a direct quote. She typed that. She typed that, into, she typed that into a computer and she hit enter and it posted onto the internet. Publicly, where everyone can see this. And, She's also and, and this oh, this this deranged uh, pig. This deranged pig, um, pig has the. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't say person. I could not say person. No. I couldn't say woman because that would be an insult to women everywhere. Um, sure. I this deranged pig. <sighs> You know what? I'm just going to leave yeah. it. Andrew, go back to it. I can't. Oh, and now, now we're on to the racism. I cannot say what I what, what I want to say. Yeah. I cannot say what I want to say it's, because the FBI will use this episode against me. It is so insane. So now we're on to the racism. She's oh, a virulent a racist. Dark. Yeah. she has. She's on record as saying that white men are the most persecuted group in America, which 
It's true. Um, I mean, it's true, but I mean, that's, that's just true. <laughs> <laughs> She's, she, of course, of course, hates Muslims. It is claiming that they're all trying to institute Sharia law in America. <laughs> she, she conflates people who believe in Islam with all people of Arab descent and right. doesn't want anybody of Arab descent in this country. Um, she also probably just confuses anybody with brown skin for somebody of Arab descent, aka hundred <laughs> percent somebody who believes in Islam in her mind. Um, and of course, she doesn't want to take down Confederate statues because why would she? Um, because she's yeah. literally riding them at night in her and dreams. <laughs> the aforementioned Jewish space lasers, all the anti-Semitism that goes along with that. Um, oh, oh, and then and then she filed articles of impeachment for literally nothing against Biden. So, so we talked about that one. (laughs) This woman is in Congress. What platform did she run on? What is she doing in Congress other than just being a fucking idiot? She's, this is what she's done so far in her month that she's been in office. She's filed impeachment on Biden after he'd been in office for an hour. Um, Oh, and of course she wore a fucking mask on the house floor that said censored on it despite the fact that she was literally on the floor of the house which is one of the most powerful institutions in america freely speaking her mind on the house floor and also being shown on every television network everywhere and making front page news literally fucking everywhere is she the same one that said if hitler was right about one thing dot 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 was that her that said that at the insurrection? There, somebody did. Oh, I, yeah. I, I actually don't know. I don't know. So I don't want to speak out of pocket about that. Yeah. I was um, somebody confirmed. did. I know that she was also there yeah. chanting people on. No, it was. No, it wasn't her. Okay. okay. It was Um, it was a new an Illinois congresswoman. Oh, so just another Republican. In but she looks she's just a blonde lady. Oh, yeah. Mary <laughs> Miller. Yeah. So finally today. So finally today. So this is the headline. But I mean, this is amazing. This is somebody who has not been in politics. They had no public life before this. No. And this is all the shit she's gotten up to. And we still elected her. And then we've still allowed her to be in office. But what today, great fucking ideas is she bringing to the United States government? That there's Jewish space lasers, apparently. Oh my God. So she, so she was on the education committee, as we said, and one other committee that I can't remember. But the education committee is the most mind-blowing because how can you believe half of this fucking shit and then be allowed to be on a committee that deals with anything education related. Like that's just, that's insane. Um, so today she was finally removed um, and we have to give props for props are due. 11 Republicans did vote for her removal and others have bipartisan against her or they have distanced themselves from her because she's so fucking insane. I mean, even that fucking rancid sea turtle said, <laughs> She was a cancer upon. <laughs> I think he's the land turtle, but I like the sea turtle. The land tur- well, you know, maybe. Um, he At this pretty- point, is Mitch McConnell a moderate? <laughs> like, I, st- I think I, I, I hate it. I hate I'm it. voting for him. <laughs> so, in something. Kentucky to vote but, for Mitch McConnell. But there were plenty of people who backed her, of course. So, in today's hearing, the, the Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy, said, You'll regret this. If people are held to what they have said prior to even being in this house, if the majority gets to decide who sits on committees, which 
That's what majority fucking rule is. Literally. I hope you keep You that just did the standard. same thing for four years. Yes. <laughs> like, I hope, you just did the same thing for four years. <laughs> I hope you keep that standard because we have a long list. Oh, boo, poor baby. So, and also. Well, yeah, because they, they're trying to now expel in Ilhan Omar uh, for yes, uh, yes. what? Sending a Ilhan. couple of mean tweets. Dude, who the fuck did you just vote for for president? We're getting, we're getting to that. So for her part, Green disavowed the belief in the QAnon conspiracy theory. She acknowledged that school shootings really happened and that September 11th attacks did occur. But she ultimately said, I was allowed to believe things that weren't true. Yeah. You're an adult fucking woman, lady. And I'm surprised you, she's admitted that though. You chose, well, she's been caught. Like there's nowhere to hide at this point. You, like there's literally nowhere to go. You can't double down. So I was allowed to believe these things that weren't true. And I would ask questions about them and talk about them. And that is absolutely what I regret. She's so, unlearning. She's she said, unlearning. she said, if I hadn't, if I hadn't liked those, she said, like, if I hadn't liked those Facebook posts about yeah. Nancy Pelosi, essentially, then I would, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be standing in front of you today. Like, this is all, like, I, did, I made one mistake. Is like what she was kind of making it seem like. So here's my takeaway from all of this. Here's my takeaway from this whole bullshit. This is the ta- one of the premier tactics of the right is they do all this shit. They say all this shit, and then they're caught. And then people say, this is bullshit. This is, I can't believe you said this. How can you get away with this? And they keep getting away with it because they're allowed to just kind of like toe that line and worm their way out by being really sneaky about the language they use and the way they say it. So let's get back to the Jewish space lasers. She didn't literally say Jewish space laser. She (laughs) said is maybe, maybe the forest fires in California were started with a satellite in space that was put there by the Rothschilds. So okay, what okay. they're able to do? This is turned into our. I think this is our QAnon episode. This is yeah. this is this is this is fucking that's QAnon. That is and, QAnon, and, and that's how these conspiracy theories are allowed to continue because there's that little, little, little tiny difference in the way something is said, where they're like, "Well, no, she didn't say Jewish space laser. You're all saying Jewish space laser. That's your words. What she said was the Rothschilds financed a satellite that maybe maybe collected solar." rays and focus them into the california forest no we're not going to talk about the fact that 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 that, that straight republicans are so obsessed with gender that yeah. that's what caused a significant portion of the wildfire we're not going to talk about we can't yeah. even begin to have a conversation about you know stupid fucking societal gender roles with this woman because jewish space lasers are burning the forest yes. not the fossil fuel industry that fucking powers her campaign and her propaganda machine and also <laughs> Her, her goddamn! I can't. I'm just. I'm hot. I'm yeah. literally hot. And 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 like all of this, all of this little bit of denial. Like I didn't say Jews, Rothschilds, but we all know what that means. And then she didn't. Like, she she didn't I didn't say Jews. I said Soros. Like yeah. <laughs> she didn't say that she wants to put a bullet into Nancy Pelosi's head. She liked a post that she probably shouldn't have that said that, but those weren't her words. She just kind of, you know, she liked it. Maybe she did it accidentally. Just like, um, who is, who's that, uh, that dude who is, is a white, an old white man, but is also a a young gay black man. Oh, Dean Brown. Dean Brown. Brown. (laughs) He was hacked. It was a mistake. I don't know. No, you have an alt account where you pretend to be a black person that's a, Gay black person. 
right? Yeah. Huh? Wasn't he a gay black person? A gay, a gay black <laughs> man, and he gets and he it's a burner account, and then he just he just fucking trolls with that shit. I, I don't I know if anyone's listening to this. I don't know how you can still be a Republican. I don't get it. We'll never get <laughs> okay, it. I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it up a notch because here's the thing that is even so much more ridiculous. And Andrew, I don't know if you were getting there, but Kevin McCarthy, who is the conservative House minority leader. He's the leader of the Republicans until very recently he was the majority. He said, I think she has to be continued. What you guys are saying, QAnon, QAnon. I don't even know what that is. Couldn't even say QAnon is calling it QAnon, Q-O-N, mispronouncing it, even though there's proof of him actually using yeah. the words. So there's a couple things here about Kevin McCarthy's inability to recollect what QAnon is. Number one, you either don't fucking read the memos from the FBI where they said that QAnon and domestic terrorism are the number one threat to American security right now, or number two, you're just completely full of shit. And there's no in-between here. You cannot not know what QAnon is. As a leader of the Republican Party, Mm -hmm. where these people are your voters, not the majority, I still believe not the majority, but a significant portion of your voter base supports QAnon. So you're too scared. You're too like chicken shit. Too, too chicken shit. I almost said pussyfoot, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> and said, you're, you're too chicken shit to admit it. This is complete bullshit. Like imagine being one of the most powerful people in America right now and saying, I don't know what QAnon is. QAnon? What are you talking about? QAnon? So that he can get that on video so he can go everywhere and he can look dumb. That's like what Trump did. look dumb anyway because you don't know what it is because you're not informed because you don't read the news and you don't listen to the FBI. What is a congressman, no less the minority leader in the House, not reading FBI memos. I just, I'm, I'm hot and I may need to sit this out. <laughs> this is one of the most important issues that's happening to us right now is this whole QAnon thing because people literally yeah. believe it. And, and it, Kirk, you said it like Trump literally did the exact Trump same did thing. the same thing with Savannah going through at, at rallies. Yeah. He, he was like, he's like, Oh, I don't know, really know those QAnon guys, but they really like me and I like them. And then later he was like, I don't know what QAnon is. And then the same shit with the proud boys. And this is, this is my point with all of this is this is how they're they're They are unfortunately, they whether win. we like to admit it or not, they are very, very, I'm not going to say smart, but they're extremely clever with how yeah. they, they, construct their their sentences and what they say it sounds like they're saying things that are just crazy but they put a lot of thought into how they say it so that they're able to to do this semantic bullshit to get around it and be like oh q on i don't why would i know that and the reason the reason q on not the reason QAnon got started or was bigger, but is getting bigger and got bigger was because of these, because of this. Because you have people yes. in the government now who are talking about it and, and saying they believe it or not, you know, t- pussyfooting. What's it? Pussyfooting? Is that a word? Pussy- it is. Yeah. Pussyfooting is. is walking on eggshells. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pussyfooting. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. Pussyfooting on around the topic, which gives the people in the country who like 
yeah. question everything. Cause she even said, say in what her speech, whatever the fuck she was talking about, she was like, you know, I was just questioning, shouldn't we question? We're allowed, if we don't question, yeah. that's a huge issue. And that's what a lot of people do. That's what QAnon is. is. It's like, yeah. we're just questioning. speech and censorship. That's why it works. Because they're like, what, you don't, liberals don't question. They just follow everything the government says. But like, we should question. Yeah. And it, that's I not what it is. I question everything the government says. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> yeah. But if and you... This, yeah, and, and like like this is like I've said this in like almost every single episode that we've we've talked about because it's getting louder and louder and louder in my life is like this is near and dear to my heart because like I have family members that believe this shit. My Same. own my own mother believes some of these conspiracy theories and I've been telling her for years that there's a danger to this. And in the beginning, she was always saying, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's just a little bit of fun. You know, it's not super serious. And then it was, oh, well, we're just asking the question. Like, why can't I just question things? Why can't I just do a little bit of research or look at another point of view? And my point was that this stuff has been in the background for years and years and years. And it started long before 9-11, but 9-11 was certainly a turning point where you know, those things became a little bit louder. And then the internet became more proliferated and people could start talking about these things in a much bigger way than they were able to before. And, you know, 9-11 trutherism, maybe it's because it was such a formative event in in my life as a, as a kid that, you know, that's what I think the turning point is, but that's where it really seemed to start like coming into the mainstream where people, normal people started becoming aware of these conspiracy theories. And then everything started to become a conspiracy theory, but that same logic could be applied. Well, we're just asking questions or it's not very serious or it's just a little bit of fun. And because of that, because it was sort of downplayed and, and sort of delegitimized, but not like totally, you know, thrown out the window that was able to fester under the surface. And then yep. with Trump, it is all exploded because mm-hmm. Trump has done all the same things where he has claimed he doesn't. I don't know her, but she voted for him, meaning QAnon and the Proud Boys and all those other things. And they're just able to skirt around it. And now it is all coming to fruition. And we need to fucking stamp this shit out now. We need to get it out of Congress we can't just remove her from a committee and make her irrelevant. She's still fucking in Congress. These people are here to stay and they believe this shit. And just her being in there at all is giving it credence. Yeah. And, and the false equivalencies that they set up with Ilhan Omar and they're saying, well, we have to remove her. If you remove Marjorie Taylor green, you know, be, or, you know, it's the same thing with Antifa. They're like, well, Antifa burned some buildings and, you know, hit some people. The liberal media and, didn't care about it, but <laughs> yeah. And that, that is the exact same thing as the three percenters or the proud boys or the boogaloo boys or any of the terrorist groups in this country that call themselves militias, but they're just fat white dudes in fucking body armor, the fucking gravy seals. They're terrorist groups. <laughs> it is. They are. And the way that this infiltrates mainstream, mainstream discussion is that remember 2014, when none of us were talking about fake news, you know, 2015, nobody was really talking about fake news. You knew certain outlets had different biases, right? And then all of a sudden, right. Then all of a sudden you have this person who comes up and says, the news is fake. 
So then what do you have? You have a bunch of people who say the news is completely fake. You have a bunch of people who say we need to trust the news. And then you have the people in the middle who say like, well, every outlet kind of embellishes stuff. So we don't really know the truth. I just tune out of politics, right? It's the same fucking thing. You have all these people saying all these conspiracy theories are true. You have all these people on the on the left saying this is not fucking true. Pick up a book, open your eyes and look at the facts and data. And then you have the people in the middle who probably say, well, some of it's true. I'm sure we have shitty politicians. People are evil. No, Hollywood popularized like politicians being evil and corrupt. And you can go back and watch an episode of 24 and the president is behind a terrorist attack. Like, the, like, like the, this has been building and building and building, you know, and this is how it becomes mainstream. And if we don't quash it, if we don't kick this person out, if we don't tell them, no, this is not okay, we can disagree, but we will not take non-fact as acceptable. Then it will just get bigger and it will just get larger. And then we will have more people saying, well, like, I don't know, there's probably a problem with pedophilia in Washington. That is fucking dangerous for some people to be like it could be true you know who really knows i'm like no little like we know yeah like yeah. we're so i'm sorry erica i think i cut you off um when you were about to say something but girl i forgot yeah <laughs> like it I, is I'm, true I'm, oh i was gonna say I'm, I'm sorry about hijacking the whole podcast with this but it's just <laughs> like i just can't believe that like somebody with a rap sheet this fucking long made it into Congress and then we're still allowing her to be there. Like, and yeah, like she's right. still there. Like this after is, today, like this she's is, still yeah. there. This is going to continue to happen because the, the language I, I see it. It's the exact same thing with the insurrection, like the insurrection. And we're going to be debating this in the next couple of weeks where people are going to say, well, did he or didn't he meaning Trump like incite it? He absolutely did. Because again, it's that, that we have area, video evidence. It's the we gray letters area campaign. where he didn't literally say, go down there and break in and kill people. But he didn't have to literally say that these people have been primed for for years and then there's going to be that one person there's going to be that one person where marjorie taylor green likes a post that somebody said something violent and that gives them all of the stamp of approval that they need to go fucking do that violent thing i mean what about that guy that shot up that pizza parlor because of the q and fucking pizza theory Pizza game, yeah. It is crazy. These people though were like they they won't believe that Trump incited this, but they believe it that Hillary and Bill Clinton like kill babies or eat whatever it is. Like right. the, where right. there's no factual basis at all. No. But then it's because Trump is the hero of Cuba. But he did. It's just crazy. It's it, the yeah. same thing with people who bomb abortion clinics. Like, look, if you literally believe that to be true, if you believe that abortion is murder, then you have a moral obligation to go bomb that abortion clinic in that person's mind. Like it makes logical sense in that worldview. It's, it's the same with this. If the same for the, the synagogue that was attacked in uh fucking exactly. right? If, yeah. if Washington is run by pedophiles and pedophilia is one of the worst things we can all agree on in this world, you have a moral obligation to go do something about that. And, and just showing up and, and picketing with a sign isn't enough. You should go kill those people. That's what, that is what is happening in these people's mind. And then that is why something like Rothschilds and Soros, maybe sp sponsoring a space laser to go set 
wildfires is so dangerous because these we laugh about it but i've never heard that one until tonight but don't these people like also not believe that we landed on the moon but we have the ability where are we right exactly my family member does not believe that we landed on the moon yet also believes that we have these giant lasers in space that can start wildfires in australia and california what like like I, if we can't land on the moon how can we blow up a planet this is not star wars and they also believe that there's 11 million immigrants on the border right now trying to get yeah. in and kill us all right and then, if, if, if all, there's a small country if all 11 of million is true you have a moral obligation this isn't these are existential threats to you if you literally believe these things to be true this this is what's so dangerous it's it you have an obligation to protect yourself. You have a moral obligation to, to protect your American way of life. That is all this rhetoric. That is what all the rhetoric is leading up to. And that is why this is so dangerous. And that is why I don't give a shit if some Antifa kid fucking socks a Nazi in the fucking face. (laughs) But I do give a shit when (laughs) Kyle Rittenhouse goes from his state to another state with his fucking gun to march around and protect businesses. And no one knows where Kyle Rittenhouse is right now. He was at a bar last week. Yeah. And now he is fully escaped because Republicans bailed him out. Like, and they say, well, you guys were, were bailing out rioters and looters. (laughs) No, you you bailed out a murderer. (laughs) Like like, you bailed out a murderer and and, like like (sighs) paid it off as patriotism that an, and fucking Coulter QAnon said that he should be president. I know she's just a troll. Right. But like, Trolls carry weight. We had a president who was the fucking Crips keeper of trolls. Erica, what is your Black headline? History Month? I like how like what? Can we talk about something else? Like, <laughs> I'm going to be quiet for the rest of the podcast. Wait, I just need to take a minute because Paul just said no context. Erica, it's Black History Month. What? <laughs> I'm trying to escape. I so I designed that post. I designed that post for uh, Michael, the blacksmith, um, the the the, the, um, the artist who uses the um, balloons and does street art with them. I designed this post about QAnon, and I feel like I have been swimming in QAnon for the last three weeks, and I just can't even deal with these people. You could go to any fucking website, and it disproves all of QAnon, every single fucking conspiracy theory. But then if you try to share any of that evidence with the Q believers, they tell you that that website is funded by George Soros or funded by the main mainstream media therefore it cannot be trusted and i just don't understand how we are supposed to live in this reality with people who do not exist in our reality so i thought talking about black history month would would be some way to escape this spiral of q that i am in (laughs) well uh i hate to tell you this but black people are doing the same shit we did in january (laughs) Which is just being black. <laughs> Dead. Uh. I mean, I can discuss my opinions on Black History Month a later time, but um, what's your headline? My headline is also me 
yelling at people and I <laughs> oh God. screaming into the void. Um, I, I feel from my experience with people who follow you, Paul, who've come to my page and the people that I know that listen, I don't necessarily think that this applies to them, but it surely applies to someone they know. And that is that people from ages, I believe it's 20 to 49 are responsible for 80% of um, COVID spread rates. And there's this discussion going on of, do we prioritize them because they are the problem now? I forgot. I forgot about COVID during this conversation, just so it's, everyone knows. Bitch, I get it. I mean, I mean, he was, Paul was running around. What? COVID's a QAnon thing, too. So <laughs> anyway. they literally think that COVID only affects pedophiles. So if you have COVID, I have bad news for you. <laughs> You're at some point, we will get the statistic analysis that more of the people die were Republicans, not Democrats, right? Like, we're going to get that, right? I hope it'll so. happen. It'll happen. <laughs> and not pedophiles. Well, that and, 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 and just <laughs> imagine living in a world where you think there's literally hundreds of millions of pedophiles around you at all times. Where are all the children that are, uh, right? Like, where are all the victims of this pedophilia? But um, side note, if you would ever want a live Let's Unpack That podcast tour, please let us know. Um, but I don't know. Please just send me a DM. Um, but we were talking about prioritizing the main spreaders of COVID, vaccinating them first right. versus the most vulnerable populations. Right. So basically the conversation that's happening is, do we attack it from... Do we attack the root cause or do we try to defend the vulnerable? Um, in my opinion, we should defend the vulnerable. A, we don't have a lot of information about whether or not transmission is still possible once you're vaccinated. But on the completely other side of that, it's just we should not reward this bad behavior because what's going to happen is like, I know people and they're like, when I get vaccinated, I'm going to go to a huge party. I'm going to do this, that, and the third. And it's like, no, like I have okay. plans. I was like, that person is me, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I've said that too. I've definitely yeah. said that to you, but uh, please continue. You fucking shouldn't because A, it's mutating every 30 seconds, you crusty whores. But B, it's still... We just don't know enough, right? Yeah. So I have right, right. plans to see my friends for a Galentine's Day. And by the time that we have this event or this celebration, whatever, four out of six of us will be vaccinated. Sorry, five out of seven of us will be fully vaccinated. And, you know, there's the couple of us who are remaining who won't be vaccinated. We're still taking our two-week quarantine we're all getting tested. Like we can't just stop because the vaccine is mm -hmm. here. And to, you know, tangent off of this, and this was the worst thing I read ever. At the rate of which we are vaccinating, we will not get out of this pandemic for another seven years. If we make no changes. <laughs> all right, okay. it's, it's been a good night. I'll That's see you guys later. That's the end of this podcast. <laughs> That, but that is a really good point because I today and I saw a lot of people share this. I think it was a headline, a lot of headlines being like, there's more people as of today that are vaccinated that have it right now in the States. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, that's so that's like, it's true. 
I'm assuming, but like, it doesn't fucking mean anything. There's only 2% of our population that's vaccinated. We need 70% of the population vaccinated. 2%. Like it's not a feat that it's not a feat that there's more people vaccinated than who have it right now. The problem is, 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 you think the numbers are better than they are because they're often reporting total doses that have been manufactured. But for the majority of the vaccines, you have to cut that in half because people need two of those doses. So they're like, oh, you know, five million doses. That's actually two and a half million. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like I had an opportunity to hear um, Scott Gobley, Scott Gobley speak at a work event and he is a former head of the FDA. And he actually said the opposite of what some of the other speakers said. He feels that um, maybe a hundred million people will be vaccinated. He said it's he feels like a hundred million is like a floor, not a ceiling. Like he is very optimistic about our ability to vaccinate. Now he said like, I think it was him that said this. And if I'm misquoting, I apologize, Scott, but call me. Um, your house <laughs> looked amazing in the background. Um, and I would okay. love to live in your pool house. I will even work out. So I look better. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to be a pool boy. So, Essentially, what he was saying was, if if it's not there, maybe we'd have 100 million vaccines given, not full two-part vaccination. So maybe it looks more like 60 million people are fully vaccinated, not 100 million people are fully vaccinated. But he feels more optimistic. Somebody else said, we'll see in like 2022, maybe. And I just, that's when I texted you guys today. And I was like, I feel like the world is going to be having a massive party like there will be an olympics and the u.s will not get invited (laughs) there will be it's like if we continue this there we will like be the one country in the world like one major developed country i guess i should say that they will be like there's still a travel ban on the united states and everyone is looking at us like what the fuck are you guys doing remember we were like celebrating right before the election like Oh, like the deaths could have been more. Remember, they projected it was going to be 600,000. And like, it's not that. We're fucking 150,000 away from that. It took us 30 days for 100,000 people to die. If you think we're not hitting 600,000 deaths, you're insane. Like, you're insane. Like, like, Trump does not deserve praise for the number not being 2 million, what Fauci predicted it could be if we all just stopped social distancing. I just cannot... um, But to the article's point, or to Erica, what you were saying, fuck vaccinating people our age before they vaccinate the vulnerable population. Now, the vulnerable population should be fucking smart enough at this point to not socialize with people our age. They are also not because they're also not smart and because we have this massive (laughs) misinformation campaign. So. I'm sorry. I will also say that you have to consider that to the vulnerable population, some of them are like they don't have their wits about them. Like, I guess like, I'm in the, the large friends, majority of like people over 55. But yeah, like yeah. I was gonna say, my friend's grandma didn't even she got vaccinated, and as soon as she left the office, she was so confused as to why her arm hurt. Like she didn't understand. Right. Oh God. So there's. Like, but on the flip side, like there's a girl and I'm not, I, 
the part of me that's petty would call her by her say her name her her first name her fucking confirmation name like the whole thing (laughs) but she's a nurse and i think she works in like neurology or something i don't remember but she went to mexico on a vacation and she's posting pictures maskless like look at me i'm so cute i'm on vacation and then like a week later she posts a picture of her visiting her sick grandmother and i'm just i the issue is that people think that it couldn't have been them them. or they think oh well i got the vaccine so i'm all good and we can't say that like we cannot say that no we can say Short term, there are not a lot of significant effects of the vaccine. We cannot confirm for a fact that it eliminates your potential to pass it. And all we can do is use information from other vaccines in the past. So we know that generally we can expect this to be safe. Can you not bite my toe? Thank Kirk, you. Get out of there. Sorry. <laughs> I, I also do. Th- I do think though with with the older population with any population getting it right now like I was the um I live in a three story like condo ish type thing and the, the woman below me is seventy eight and she's awesome Phyllis she like isn't listening but we love her and today I ran into her out front and she was saying she went today she was scheduled her doctor scheduled it through her doctor she's seventy eight she was going to get it she got there to get it and they're like oh no you're not today you're not on the list like no. And then they're like, we, you can reschedule for tomorrow. Standing with my mom just texted me. Hers was tomorrow. Hers was supposed to be Monday. Got canceled, pushed it because of the snow to tomorrow. Now it's pushed to Monday. And then she gets a text saying it's actually tomorrow. Like all of the, it, it's so horribly being communicated to everyone. So that's another issue. I think that especially amongst older people or the vulnerable, that if we can't even get it right for them, we're never going to get onto us. Like to be quite honest, I mean, Paul mentioned at the beginning, I am getting it because I scheduled it. And I do agree that people who are wanting to be getting it, but I'm like, if I can fucking get it, I'm getting it. Like, I'm not like playing this game anymore because I don't know when it's, when we're going to have an opportunity to get it because it's just, it's so poorly done. It's horrible. And that's, you know, there was like an, a giant article from the New York times about um, that. Most of the vaccinations in vulnerable communities are being taken by like young white people. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, Okay, I need to one check my privilege here. Two, I don't live in a vulnerable population, but I just thought I have the access to get this vaccination. They're already allotting it for people like me because of my like risk category. So even though I know that I probably don't deserve it before a certain group of people, in my mind, I'm I'm thinking, well, I fit the criteria. I'm following the CDC guidelines. Right. I guess I should. And they're already allotted this for this. So, and, and again, who knows if I'm going to be able to get it or not. I'm so right. thankful that we have the J&J vaccine. But just think about the way that people take, take care of their health in general. Not only is there a massive, massive public health problem in this country and public health education problem in this country, we also have even issues with taking medication as prescribed. The average 30-day prescription in the United States is refilled every 45 days. And that means that people are taking their pills like every other day. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that that go back to the economy of healthcare and healthcare is too expensive, right? Like you get that. You think that I can stretch these pills out, thus they will be more effective. But then you have other people, it's just pure 
you know, disorganization and you just don't think about your health that way. I'm the same way. I have a 90 day prescription. I'll probably refill it at 120 days because I'm like, oh, fuck, I missed a couple of days. But like I that's not that is another reason why like we have all these challenges in the healthcare system. So even all these people who get their first dose, let's hope they go back 28 days later. But there's going to be a bunch of people that are like, oh, we'll do it in like 40 days. And they're just like not following the advice of experts because our public health education is so bad here. So fuck these young people who like want to like who are continuing to see their their older relatives continuing to travel, like continuing to spread without information, like like for the four of us to get together. It's been a fucking discussion like it was like, OK, we can do this. This is our last day of quarantine. I have a reminder of my phone of when I'm going to text Start, all you guys yeah. of when we need to all like stay down. We like talk. We tried to do it before and then we didn't do it like a couple of us like failed at it. So we like pushed it and then we didn't do it. It's like but Andrew and I were fine. So like we got, it's yeah. like, it's like, what is the problem with following the guidelines from the CDC? What is the problem with our generation that they cannot follow the guidelines from the CDC and that they are so willing to put their family members at risk and their family members are so willing to put themselves at risk. It's like, Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. And, so it, frustrating. It's, and then it gets to this whole thing. I mean, I, I just think lately because one of my best friends, dad passed away, not related to COVID last week. And like, they're not having a, and funeral like they're doing with just their small family and that's what they're doing with him but like like and i, and I know we've been knowing that from the beginning especially people that died of covid people couldn't see them and all that kind of stuff but like i haven't had someone close to me die to me during this i guess and it's just like weird to see like normally he this man who's a 55 year old guy like he'd be, we'd be having this huge funeral for him and it's just like but i see my friends or people i know at like large huge ass gatherings it's like you mm-hmm. but it's just it doesn't make sense to me like why can you go do that but someone can't have a fucking funeral it's insane. And like, like Jack's granddad passed away almost a year ago. He hasn't been able to fly home. They haven't had a celebration. They haven't had any, it's like, uh, and we have made this so much worse in the United States and they're terrible in the UK too. But it's like, Oh my God. Like not only is our healthcare system bad and can't support this stuff, but also our people here are fucking idiots. It's yes. like the fact that people are feel safer about, Fucking, I like, I literally know someone who, and I wish I was lying, butt chugged in college, as in. <laughs> was their name Brett? <laughs> Actually, oh, friends with someone named Brett, but um, he butt chugged in college and he literally made a post about how he's not taking the vaccine because he doesn't want to put that shit in his body. I'm like, uh, maybe the regurgitated alcohol enema that he gave himself. Like I, (laughs) he probably loves the new anal testing. Have you heard about that one yet? (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And the people, the people who are crying the loudest about this are the same people who will in another breath say that they don't want welfare and they don't want socialism because they don't want people to become entitled your fucking entitled ass can't stay home for like five months we didn't even need that we only needed a couple months we could have been over this in fucking april of last year yeah not over it but to the point that we could have like at least gone out and done some things and it Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been that bad and you could have gone to thanksgiving and you could have gone and seen your grandparents without putting them at risk other countries have fucking done it and all it took like new zealand all it took was 
a hardcore effort for a few short months. And it's well, honestly, though, all it really would have took was an appropriate response in December yeah. or November. That's why most of these countries, to be honest, are fine, because New Zealand and Australia never had it the way we had it. Like, because they, they were right smart about it. Yeah. They knew. Well, I think the other issue is a population like New Zealand sure. is very small. And it's an island. Yeah. Australia, yeah. it's the same where it's you can cut off your borders and there's not a lot of people and there's also not a lot of borders to cross. And it was just one consistent law. The other issue is Americans are and always have been very selfish. So like you look at Japan, you look at, honestly, you look at a lot of Eastern countries and there's this idea of what's best for all is best for me. And here it's what's best for me, period. I don't care if that's the greater good. I don't care if it means that this country crashes and burns. And I think, I personally think if I could go back in time and I think I can say this because they're already dead. I would fucking murk the founding fathers. I'd be like, you shut the fuck up. You tell everyone we're all in this shit together. High school musical too. Wait, this is a great concept for like something. Just <laughs> Erica Erica going to all our founding fathers and attacking them. Like you, you see this magical thing? It's a gun that works better than yours. You shut the fuck up. You go sit <laughs> down. You release all your fucking slaves. They're better than you. They're cuter than you. The title of this movie is AR Erica. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, that's, you know what? Let's call Netflix. Like, Honestly, call, this is going to sound racist, but call Tyler Perry. I think it would be a great <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Let the wow. record reflect, Your Honor. I did not laugh at that joke. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It was funny, though. I could see Medea, like, just thinking about what Tyler Perry has produced in the past, Medea time travels is definitely in the pipeline. I mean, there have been real documentaries about what if the South won the Civil War. Like, the, the, yeah. there are real theories about what could happen. We just have to go back a little bit. What if the slaves overtook the founding fathers? What if someone's fucking black mother just said, I, I slapped him around. Thomas Jefferson, you sit down. <laughs> I literally, I, and that's the issue is like, quite frankly, this country was founded on, in the words of Miss uh, Tony Lawrence, or whatever the fuck her name is. They're just a fucking whole bunch of crybabies. I refuse to say TL's name, but. Oh, I watched a video of her last night and. Ugh. I know. I, she deserves TL. Anyway. I don't know. She's blocked you on Twitter. You just oh my girl! I blocked out of my head. Oh yes, Tammy, Tammy, Tammy. Just so everyone knows, uh, Kirk is blocked by Tommy Laren on Twitter. And no Instagram, just Instagram, not Twitter. Well, you got you got to work on that. It's not that hard. She's so so. uh, I I fully agree. Like you know, it's it's funny, and again, like like we see this over and over and over again in America where we present ourselves one way, but we're actually another way. So, you know, like we were, we were kind of conversing earlier about this like text conversation I had between my brother and father and I, um, where, you know, I accused people who are upset about feminism of being the actual snowflakes where they would say, Oh, feminists are the snowflakes. 
but I think that's true. Like, like there's this whole mystique about in America about this rugged individualism and every man for themselves. And you have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and it's all on you to make your life happen. Rah, rah, rah. But then something like this happens and it's like, Oh, I can't, I can't stay inside for the greater good. Yeah. It's like, like Oh my God. If I don't get enough They're oppressing me, us. <laughs> I'm oppressed because I can't go out and get my paps at the local bar with the boys. Can we? I'm okay. crying. What is Andrew this voice? I don't know. Full big mouth. The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm this is very SpongeBob esque. It, it, it's it's just because like like you can't you can't go down to your shitty fucking dive neighborhood dive bar and get some shitty fucking wings. Yeah, like your life fucking sucks. Every day, oh, usually, no. okay? So, like, exactly. I, I'm sorry. I don't know them, and they do. <laughs> it's literally his dad. Oh, Can I just say, I want to, I want to, this is the second pod in a row where we have really tapped into our deep, radical leftist views. And I appreciate us for going there, although we often try not to. Um, and we try not to, you know, come off as <laughs> whiny, but I'm going to let us indulge again because 2020 was really hard for us. This is the last <laughs> one, bitches. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, I oh, block me, have, censor me. Yeah. <laughs> we should have a little bit better health care. Like how fucking radical. <laughs> I saw to. someone today, Ugh. someone on Facebook, some kid that went to high school with me who's older than me, but acts like he's younger than me. Like literally posted on Facebook today, something about, oh, what, we're, they're going to pay everyone's student loans. I already paid mine off. Do I get mine back? Like what about people like me who, who are smart and we paid off our loans already? Oh, fuck, fuck off. off. You're not smart. You're privileged. Fuck. So what a dumb, but what fuck. a dumb, I don't get, I'll never get that fuck. argument of like, and you want to know what's funny? I think that's purely mindset because my friend did pay off her student loans. What is? Yeah. And she was like, Yeah, I paid off my student loans because I had this job that paid me a good amount of money and I could I could live at home with my parents. Yep. Not have to pay those and like, bills. I'm not looking for like I've paid some of mine. I'm not looking for that back. It's whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's not it's not what this is. It's, it's not like okay. gonna I'm, make all of us better. Yeah, like, immediately the, the whole up. country is going to be better. And if everyone had good health care, every the country would be better. Like this is better for you, fucking white the, fat man were, on Facebook. There was a survey out today that the states that move forward with some of the Obamacare mandates have far better patient outcomes yeah. than states that did not. It was like nine, ten yeah. percent better. That like these people are living better lives because they have access to health care. Like. Why are these people so scared of, uh, well, one, because they think the founding fathers were predicting a giant conglomerate of insurance companies and uh, pharmacy benefit managers and hospitals and pharmacies all being in cahoots to basically like bankrupt American people. Like that's what they think. And and like that's they think the founding fathers were trying to protect us against that when the concept of a pharmacy was like just cut your arm off if it's bleeding like, like I just like the fuck, why, why don't you do some cocaine about it son <laughs> yeah. you know what and I think that's specifically why I would lay waste to the founding fathers because I'd be like you know what the founding fathers are like the fucking schuylkill where they built it when shit was kind of mediocre and they're like, oh, things probably aren't going to improve. And people are just fucking, and they're like, oh, you know what? Let's make this so we cannot fix it. Let's build it between fucking sh- like 
limestone or whatever the bedrock fuck. <laughs> yeah, a literal river. cliff in a river <laughs> for everyone who's not from philadelphia like conrad um uh <laughs> <laughs> that's so mean <laughs> for everyone who's not from philadelphia this google is a dumbass two-lane highway that goes back and forth in the city's most populated area and it is always a death trap for anyone who drives and you can't make it bigger because all it's the only land between a literal cliff and a river like there's (laughs) no room to make it bigger you you physically cannot literally literally cannot you know what they wasted them too like (laughs) That was our constitution. That is our country, the Schuylkill, the Schuylkill the Expressway. Schuylkill is our country. Fucking Route we can't, 70s. We can't change it. We're all stuck. <laughs> That's the conservative way, though. I literally. Look at this ingenuity. I, People die on this every day. Let's not change it. <laughs> let's just watch it happen <laughs> and hope people adjust. You know. <laughs> And if you're from New York, it's the Belt Parkway. If you're from the West Coast, it's the 101. If you're yeah. from, you know, pick pick your fucking road, Route 66. Life is a highway, Rascal Flats. I'm done. Let's lay waste to every person who ever <laughs> built a road. <laughs> well, now we have a new we have a new um, transportation. Oh, um, true. A gay? A gay. A gay, oh, a gay no, trying to I teach others how to drive well. Oh, no. My favorite thing about that is that meme with his face on, on Thomas the Train. It's like Pete's face on. I'll send it. It's hilarious. Oh my god! Oh my god! Pete face on Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, it's like the new director of not what's the director was. Oh man! Transportation. There's this video running a train on a wait. I gotta find it. System. There's this video of this white sedan in the middle of a freeway, and it like clearly was like oh there's my exit and instead of being like oh i guess i'll just take the next one figure it out it stops <laughs> it doesn't just go it's just sitting there and there's trucks like flipping over around it and someone captioned it pete Buttigieg when he realized he missed his exit for congress yes Oh my God. Uh, yeah. You know what? Quite frankly, uh, I think this country, I, my friend posted this thing and it was like, how long do republics last? Let me look up the actual numbers. And it's we're basically not, not a like, democracy. We're a constitutional we're representative republic. <laughs> I actually had to explain that to some dude on Tinder a while back. Oh, he's like, this is a republic. I was like, oh, well, it's like a democratic republic. Like, oh, my God. Like, I don't even know what that point is supposed to mean when people bring it up. It's like, yeah, OK, <laughs> technically. But like, what is that supposed what to are do? You getting at? So you were just good with disenfranchising people who look yeah, different. Like, <laughs> what are we supposed to do with that information right now? How does that how is that relevant? You know, all of this stuff goes back to like. What I was saying, where. You know, we present ourselves one way and then we we act another way. Like all of these people that are like, oh, I don't I don't want to follow these rules. I don't want to stay in my house like they can't they can't, you know, do this communism to me. Um, All of those people or, you know, like I don't want better health care or I don't want any kind of social programs or safety nets. 
all of those people are the real fucking sheeple because they're listening to all the little subtle lies that have been told to them all throughout their life that, you know, collective labor is bad and universal health care is bad and you know, unemployment benefits are bad and all these things that are there to help them are actually the real bad things. And you just have to be better yourself. They're the fucking sheeple because all that shit just comes from a bunch of rich people, not even a bunch of rich people, a few rich people that own all the fucking shit and tell all these people like, you know, Jeff Bezos, whose workers don't have 20 seconds to go piss and literally piss their pants packing up all your prime day orders is worth almost 200 billion fucking dollars and his he could have paid i saw a statistic today with the money he made during the pandemic with he didn't he didn't make the money his just his net worth just expanded by this right he didn't make any you know he, he could have paid Every single one of his workers, and I think there's almost 400,000 Amazon workers. He could have paid every single one of them a $150,000 bonus flat to everybody, every Amazon employee. Um, and he would have just gone back to what he was worth before the pandemic. That's fucking crazy. It's insane. That's I do insane. have good news for everyone. That was the sound of my soul leaving my body. Yes. Mine yes. sounds more like a queef, but... Okay. <laughs> I have good news for everyone. <clears throat> About queefs? No. About Jeff Bezos? According to Sir John Bago Glub, the average empire lasts 250 years. That's us. America's turning 244 this year, bitch, which means we only have to deal with this shit for six years and then we're going to become a completely different country. I'm going to use that opportunity to go to Italy where everyone's trying to marry a black woman. For those well, of you who don't know, right. I am in fact a black woman. <laughs> I'm out. Yes. I'm fucking outie. Well, the thing is, America is so fucked that in six years, if we were no longer a republic, we would be something worse. So. <laughs> yeah. So basically your choice is either we continue being the shitty fucking or, assholes that we are, or we just descend into full-blown fascism. What's about what's what's that about hope and change? What were we all talking about two episodes ago? Oh yeah, what's going on? Why are we going, going backwards? Yeah, let's just keep plowing forwards. That's the American way. Thank let's you, just Marjorie Taylor Green. Plowing forward. <laughs> she started this. Should we do our favorite memories? Or what was? What yeah, you- we're going to close that? out this podcast by talking about our favorite memories from the last few months of when we came back with the podcast with Conrad about um, why we're voting for Joe Biden all the way through until right now where we are talking about the end of the Republic, <laughs> the, end of the Republic, the collapse of this country, the downfall. <laughs> so if anyone has any nice memories of what it's been like <laughs> to record together, you are encouraged to share. I think my nice memory, and this is so shady. I'm so sorry, Kirk and Andrew. It predated you whores. Okay. What? And it was unpacking white silence because it was just like the tale of this like really nice weekend. And it was my first break from the general anxieties of COVID also while 
the whole country is, I'd say, okay, like 80% of the country is pretending to care about black people. Um, like, <laughs> I think what that episode was, was like the biggest cathartic release. Like I'd honestly been prairie dogging every day <laughs> until to get that checked out. <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog until. Day is over. Keep it inside. <laughs> I hope. I hope that Groundhog did not see its shadow. Oh my! <laughs> but yeah, it was just. <laughs> it was to me that episode felt like it was just like me screaming into the void. Um, I guess I should listen off- to that episode. I never have. Because <laughs> he posted his black square, he was fine. Well, I'm not on it, so. What do you I mean will. you're not on it? Like, my, I'm not on oh, it. Like you voice. Oh, so you only care about yourself, Kirk? <laughs> no, I've heard it's a good one, guys. Everyone go listen to it. <laughs> it's our number one episode. <laughs> I know. No one here is surprised. <laughs> anyway, um, the fact that a lot of people reached out to me, um, some of the girls that I used to coach were sharing it, and uh-huh. a lot of people were just super supportive and said that they use that as a tool for themselves. I think that was, I mean, there have been many more instances beyond that, but I think it was just kind of showing like, oh, wow, maybe I'm not screaming into the void. And then I remember, yes, I am. But sometimes people hear the echo and they're like, oh. I like that one. They jump in. That's a good one. Beat that, bitches. Mine was... um, I don't know if this is my favorite, but I, I, I thought about this one today when we were when you asked us to, we were going to do this. Um, and my, I'm sorry, Andrew, appreciates you, but um, was the episode that we did in in June around homo um, homophobia? Not was homophobia. It was racism, uh, racism in, in the gay community. In yeah. the gay community. But I, my favorite memory from that was when we went through the porn titles. Oh my god! And, and read how racist porn titles are. Specifically, what? gay. We and thought it was going to be so funny, and no, and we, we were like so really depressed. Disturbed. Yeah, yeah. But that was one of my. Because um, also, that was my first podcast, so that's also why I popped yeah, my I cherry. I think like um, one of the funny things is like about when when Erica and I went and recorded that episode in person. It was the first time I had violated COVID restrictions, but it was also with somebody that I knew had not seen anyone in in two weeks. Because I think your roommate at that point was like living with with her boyfriend. No, and she was. So the lease wasn't over for our. our that's right. Days. That's right. Oh so, yeah, I was living alone. You were literally alone, and it was just sort of like this. I remember that feeling of being like, I don't know what to do, but I've been dancing around the idea of bringing the podcast back in some fashion. I feel like. Erica needs a break from being in the city of Philadelphia. That was only three days after the protest started. Yeah. Like that is insane to me that we were that conscious of needing an escape to process our feelings. Like I felt like it was like a week after everything was happening. It was not. No, because the, that huge, the biggest protest that they had at the art museum We were in Carlisle. And I think what sparked me to even go down that tangent was at the time I had two friends who, while this protest was happening, they were 
posting videos on their stories of them, A, not socially distancing, B, like playing ping pong and sombreros. And we've reconciled with that, but it was- And they were two blocks away from the protests. Yeah, they could have walked. And it was just like this idea of like, wow, like it's not black people. Like we are not the problem and we're not responsible for fixing the problem in the sense that we, it's not our job to fix other people. As people, it's not our job to fix other people. And they need to fix themselves and they need to get their houses in order. And I was like, but you fucking bitches are not doing any of that. And I want to throw a brick. My cat just meowed and like, <laughs> I don't she's know ready to fight. I don't know if that's in support if she, or if she's like, mom, shut the fuck up. Yeah, but it was that because it, it, it's 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 like that's when like Kirk and I started talking again, too, because that's when we were sharing things about yeah. politics and feeling, I don't know, kind of some level of courage and encouragement from people of color to be like, come on, speak up, do it. And I was like, well, I mean, if if no one in my life is doing it, I have to do it. Right. Like, you know, like people were sharing images and posts and I was like, well, I guess I should start talking about it. And then like Kirk and I started talking about it like together. And then it was like, Oh, well we are like, you know, trying to not be racist. And we also are in the white gay community, which is extraordinarily racist. And so let's do a podcast about that. You know, like, um, I feel like it is, it's like a weird series of events that all kind of feel very far from where I am, where yeah. we are right now. It really but they wasn't also that long were ago. not that long ago at all. <laughs> at all. Like, it feels like it was before COVID happened and it was after COVID happened. I, I was thinking that too. Yeah, I was thinking I can't believe too. we're still in COVID. <laughs> yeah, because the COVID cases were like nothing. That was the like, summer. That's when it, in, in Philadelphia, at least for those people in Pennsylvania, it was pretty low. It so. was so low. We were like yeah. counting them every day. We knew we yeah. thought it was like, can, can just go this way and be done. Right. Yeah. We were like, maybe by the fall. I booked a trip then. What? Like, what was I thinking? Andrew, what are some of your favorite podcast memes? Every time we do one of these episodes, um, I think like, oh, this is the best episode we've done, or this was the most fun I've had doing the episode. Um, And every single time that happens. So I'm just glad that I got to participate in this Um, just because like, I think I would, I, I mean, I've had cabin fever and I'm like, a really like intense introvert. Um, so this has not affected me in the same way that it has affected other people, but like, I'm going to have two pandemic birthdays at this point. Like it has been that long that like I have spent, (laughs) I mean, this is kind of like, it's technically it's true, but like, it's kind of, you know, I, I, the majority of my thirties have been spent in this fucking pandemic. Um, it's just in insane how long it's it's been going on. But like this is this has helped so much. So um, but even before this, like I know the episodes you're all talking about. Like I, you know, I listened to the podcast for a long time and I helped Paul you get started. So I was thrilled when you know we discussed, like, oh hey, you know, can you come on and you know help out as a producer? And then Paul kind of forced me into talking on the podcast. And I did not want to do that at first, but it's it's been great. So um it it's been a lot of fun. And I think it's helped a lot to process. And looking back over the last year, it was certainly like the small town protest I went to um 
I don't even remember. I think it like time doesn't matter anymore. It was either like April or May here in town um, where I live. Like there was a protest and a lot of people came out and it was really cool to see because there's so many Trump signs around town. And I know it wasn't people coming in from outside. It was like people who lived here came out to that protest and there was a lot of people. And that was, I was always going to vote for whoever was not Trump. But that's was like the turning point where I was like, you you go there and you see, you see the people there and like the white people were off to the side and not like the forefront and the black people were there who were just like, you could tell that it wasn't performative. Like their anger was super real and seeing that in person, like, you know, again, like every white person is like lives in this little bubble and lives a charmed life in a lot of ways. And me more than a lot of other people, you know, because I grew up middle class and out in the suburbs and there was literally cows next door. Like it, I kind of feel a little bit of shame to think that like in that moment I was like, oh, like, you know, I always knew it was real. But then like to actually see it in person, you're like, oh, this is like really fucking real and see it on the news, you know, that. I think it was a big moment for me. So I, I think this will be, we talked a lot of doom and gloom on this episode and we have for a lot of episodes. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I hope that, you know, in a lot of ways, this is the bottom of the barrel for the country, you know, the civil war, like right before then, that was another bottom of the barrel for us. Um, and I, I hope that this is, just a continuation of that cycle rather than the end of this country, rather than the end of everything we've always tried to work towards to get better with. Um, so I'm hoping that the pandemic and the BLM movement that really picked up steam over the last year and all of that really contributes to make us better. And we kind of like, go in a better newer direction. Yeah, I I think so too and I think that like you said a lot of things that really resonated with me. I don't think I could pick like a a favorite moment of the podcast just because sometimes I feel like I'm too focused on making sure it's good rather than like like always like fully appreciating what's happening. Like, and then there's other times where I'm like trying to like, just like coordinate it. And then I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm not like present in like what I'm saying. But like for the last couple episodes, I felt particularly present. And maybe it's just because we've been laughing more. Maybe it's because the stain of like Donald Trump is, is sort of like lifted a little bit off of our shoulders. Maybe it's because we feel like we have seen a lot of police um, unions and townships and municipalities make a lot of changes, although there is of course more. Maybe it's because I feel like we are having legitimate conversations about how to hold Joe Biden accountable um, and how to do that. And last episode was like so many different ways that we could do that right together. Um, So it's hard for me to like pick a a moment, but there is that feeling. And I don't know if you guys ever get this when you're like thinking back to a time and you can, it's going to sound so weird. You can like feel the time or you can like smell the time or you can like taste the time you like, like, and there was like a a moment this summer where like Jack and I are again, super, super COVID restricted. Like the, the risk of seeing Erica during those protests this summer was because it was like, 
this is like life or death. We need to get Erica out of the city, you know? And like, other than that, it's been pretty minimal um, other than, you know, when Andrew and I quarantined and were able to do the election night together. But it's like, there was this moment during those protests where like, we didn't go outside because we were too scared of COVID, but the protesters came by our window and we banged on our pots and pans and had a sign out there. And just like, the screaming and how excited all of the protesters were just like it, it, it was like one of those moments where I'm like, yes, like I need to, even in our little town, even in Chester County, that is, you know, majority white. It's like, even in in this little area where I live, people are pumped about making a change. They are angry enough to make a change. And I think so many people have learned, and even though we've seen a lot of people fall off, right? Like we, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, even uh, we've fallen off. Like so many people have made significant changes in their life and the way they think. It might not be as significant as some people want, but slowly we're taking baby steps to kind of get where we want to go. And I feel like I've felt that as we've gotten better at doing this podcast together, as my design skills on Instagram have gotten a little bit better as, you know, I've been able to partner with incredible people like doing really incredible things, including the three of you. And so I am like just overwhelmed by like (laughs) what, like if I were to go back and listen to the first episode of let's unpack that right now, I, I don't know that I would know the, not necessarily know the person who was speaking because I, I very kind of, not sure or confident in myself, but like, I know who that person was that was starting this series, but like, it's like those two years, that personal growth that so many of us have like made and in large part, you know, due to the failures of the Trump administration and how evident they were, they didn't have the ability to creatively hide it. Like some other, you know, um, presidents, like we've all learned and we've all grown and we have stretched ourselves probably more than we ever have. And I think that that's, kind of a favorite memory I have of all of us, even on the days where we maybe weren't positive about recording. There's one episode and I was trying to think of which one it was where I was just like, I just don't know if I can today, but it's always just like, so I don't know whether it's our group chat going off or whether it's like us recording like that. I don't know. I would have gotten through 2020 with the same, albeit deteriorated mental capacity that I have right now, you know, um, and, and shitty flabby white body that I have right now. But I, I, I know it would not have been, I wouldn't feel as good um, if I didn't do that with all of you. And it's just, a, this is going to be such a weird time capsule to listen to in a couple of years. Like Andrew said, I hope we're at the bottom of the pit. I hope that like, maybe there's a little bit worse more to come, but like, maybe it really starts to get better. I am hopeful in that sense, even with how much shit we've talked tonight. Also, this is something that a couple of people have asked me and I never, I mean, I'm just glad that this was even a question that was asked, but they said, like, how long have you guys been friends? And behind that question is the assumption that like, it's more than a year and it's not i never met andrew physically i have been i have kirk beat because i've been in a room with andrew at a party right (laughs) i didn't speak to him at all we didn't know who the other person was (laughs) (laughs) 
it's wild. It hasn't been here. I mean, it's only been since November. It's like I know it October. Like, I guess October. Feels October. Like so long. Okay, like four months, five months. To- no, it's September. It's September. September. Yeah, I was whatever. Say, since the podcast came back. And I think you know the relationship that we all have with each other has definitely been a saving grace um, during this time because I feel like we have. If our group chat ever got leaked, like we're done. We are toast. We are like there's nothing left for us. But it's in any anywhere. No No job. No job. No career aspirations in any field. Going to prison. (laughs) Um, Inciting violence. No, it's really not that bad. It's just weird. But I feel like you know this has really been a like a light in like every single week where it's like I know that no matter how frustrating the week has been like I have this time and I do get to air out my frustrations but I get to air them out a to an audience of my closest fans and <laughs> B, you three are included and b it's you know, we're having discussions that are important and necessary and can be used to create something productive. Um, So this has honestly been one of my highlights of 2020. I honestly think it's a bigger highlight than the cat, but I mean, you guys didn't have violent diarrhea all morning. So you might've, I don't know. (laughs) Right. And uh, I mean, I definitely did, but you know, I think we'll unpack IBS on another episode, but oh my God. like, but you know, we have like, whether, you know, people at this point in the podcast are still listening, you know, this podcast has always been for us and us processing things. And if we help people along the, along the way, great. But I got this message um, from uh, somebody uh, named Alex um, in Canada, and he has shared with me, um, he's also a person with, with autism. Um, and we started talking very early in the very beginning um, when, uh, like my account was kind of first going viral, he's like sending me screenshots. What should I say to this person? Should I fight here? Should I fight here? Um, and it's just an amazing kind of conversation that, you know, we like go in and out of chatting a lot, but he said, sent me this huge message around Marjorie Taylor Greene and not being a true Republican. But then he said, also, I have to mention that a lot of the things you've done have really inspired me to get into activism. I recently became a member of Greenpeace, the environmental organization. I hope all is going well for you in America. A lot of Canadians have been upset about the Keystone pipeline, but me being an environmentalist, I think it was for the best. So far, Biden seems to be doing a great job, though. Like, number one, like, we don't ever talk about the Keystone Pipeline. I don't think I ever said that phrase on this podcast with the exception of maybe the 150 reasons why Trump must go. So I'm not saying, you know, that we are these like leaders in activism whatsoever. You know, we know we're not, but it it, it is cool to see this audience to kind of yeah. grow and people say we're funny, but they also say that, that we come across with some meaning and heart, which I think is pretty cool. I thought you were going to yeah. say... <laughs> Which I think is pretty wrong. <laughs> that too. That too. That too. And I would like to point out that currently on Apple Podcasts, we have 69 reviews. Oh. Yeah. I got to call someone. God, no one someone... else ever review us again. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Keep it right there. 
Thank you guys so much for sharing. Obviously, you know, all of your stories and reflections. Also appreciate the rant. I think I needed it after this week. And again, as we said, we are going to take a break. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like. We're going to get together socially distant um, or, or, or safely quarantined after two weeks. Uh, partially vaccinated, I think, is what we're doing too. Um, you know, we're, we're doing our best, but we will obviously be sharing a couple more interviews. Um, we'll have a, a few episodes, the ones I know. I don't know what order they'll be released, um, but one on the Armenian-Azerbaijan conflict. Another one on um, AOC and her um, admission that she's a survivor of, of sexual assault. Um, and then also one on being queer and going to church. So um, I Ooh. hope you all, yes. Yeah, with uh, Brian Felduto, who's an actor and professional singer-songwriter. And also, fun fact, the uh, kid from School of Rock who played the gay kid in School of Rock. Oh. What's his name? Brian Felduto. He's awesome. Um but yeah, super talented, super interesting guy, runs a, a, a life coaching business for gay men. So we have a lot more to come uh, for Let's Unpack That. So thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of Let's Unpack That. Please like, rate, subscribe. We have 69 reviews right now. We would love some more. Uh, get us out of that number. I'd love to get to 100. And if you have any questions, you know where to find all of us on Instagram. So we'll talk to you all again soon. Thanks for listening. This episode of Let's Unpack That is brought to you by Modern Botanical. Modern Botanical creates handcrafted maple planters and ships them with sustainable plants that thrive beautifully in water. Water plants last for years without soil and are incredibly easy to care for, which is why we love them, I love them, and why they're a sponsor of the podcast. So if you haven't taken a look at their shop, this is your second reminder on this episode. So unlike other planters and propagation systems you see online, Modern Botanical is the only plant destination that sells plants and planters together for a hassle-free setup, ensures that all products are handmade in the United States and ethically produced, provides a 120-day plant guarantee, grows plants in their own local nursery, and has an expert plant care support team for after your purchase. It's a pretty big offer. So right now, you can save 20% and get free shipping with the promo code ITSPAUL20. Just head to modernbotanical.shop to get started and see all of the different products that they have to offer. That's promo code ITSPAUL20 and modernbotanical.shop. If you do, if you purchase, please, please, please let me know. I promise I will give you a share on Instagram. Um, and I would just love to see it because I think that they're beautiful and they make your home feel really nice, warm and cozy, which we're spending a lot of time there right now. So I think we need it. So it's Paul 20, modernbotanical.shop. Take a look. Get your propagation system.